Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Yeah! Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. Uh, my name is Jermaine, I'm your host for this, for, for this pod today. Um, we're with three, I would say regulars, but obviously you guys are, you, you just obviously joined, joined the team. Um, Anu, we've had you on here a few times, so I'm with, for those who, who've heard Anu before, I'm with Anu. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, man. Good, good yeah? man. good. Good to be here, man. Cool, cool. I'm with Shemi as well. Shemi, what's going on? I see you on, on, on the main pod this weekend. On, <laughs> on the main pod. Mariah will try to get you a few times. I've seen that still, but... I was trying to give it back to him. That was fun, though. It was fun. It was fun yeah, still. <laughs> and Come I'm on. with Timson. What are we saying? Is it your debut on the pod today, yeah? Bless him. How are we doing? How are we doing? Thank you for having me. Cool, cool, man. It's a pleasure, bro. But um, anyway, let's... That's the introduction done. Let's let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, obviously, it's been a bit of a um, 
I'd say it's, it's a bit of a different experience for Chelsea fans of recent in terms of we've been keeping a few clean sheets and um, people have been shouting, obviously, the old clean sheet FC already. I'll start off by saying, obviously, Thiago Silva wasn't in the squad for the Champions League tie. But how much do we think Thiago Silva is having an effect on the, on the back line at the moment in terms of keeping these clean sheets? Um, we can start with you, Anu. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, listen, I think what we lacked last season was the experience in the back four. I think that was quite clear what we were lacking. Um, I think we had talented players, all quite young. Young, apart from, from Aspilicueta, we are quite young back four. So, um, and the mistakes I felt like we were making on a, on a repetitive basis were just silly errors, which have actually happened this season. But it's quite clear that that experience of Thiago, and I think just having him, even that, obviously, forget the language barrier, is just echoing, th- echoing throughout the back four. Um, I think he's having a huge influence. And it's quite clear that throughout training, I've, I've read a few things that, that they love watching him, they love playing, playing off him, and I think everyone's bouncing off it. But... Let's not get too excited about this clean sheet FC because, listen, the opposition <laughs> played so far. I've not read a body I've not been that special. So um, I'd like to see how it develops. I'm not gassing it. But I can't complain. Can't no, I, complain. Hear you. I, I hear you. I think I agree with the whole experience with Thiago Silva. I think like that, like you can't buy that in it. That only comes with, obviously, you know, years of playing at the top level, which he has been. Obviously, the trophies that he's won. Um, Shemi, how much of it is down to Mendy, though? Is it Mendy or is it Thiago Silva or is it both? Uh, I think it's both. I think it's both. I think both of them have brought a sense of calmness to the back four. Um, with Mendy, especially, um, you know, it's, it's no secret that when your keeper is able to... When you have a competent keeper, it, it generates calmness um, amongst the back four, as opposed to when you have one that makes mistakes. You know, we've seen that at Liverpool with Carrius, obviously Chelsea with Kepa. Um, so yeah, Mendy has brought a sense of calmness just knowing that there's someone that's reliable. Um, and Thiago, of course, someone who's that experienced, who's that world-class. Um, yeah, I don't even think the language thing is a problem because when you've got someone who's that experienced and just of that ability, um, it's going to resonate amongst the back four. So yeah, man, Thiago's done brilliantly, honestly. Um, I can't complain. Yeah, I think, I think with Mendy, the thing is with Mendy, I feel like it's just a beginning for him as well. He's only had a few games with Chelsea, obviously, just, just becoming our keeper of recent. But I think the, the better he gets and the more we see that Mendy is su- such a reliable keeper, I think the defence is just going to get better as well. It's weird. It's like you see your keeper getting better and better and you, you start to have more and more confidence in him. Then you start to have more and more confidence in yourself as a centre-back as well or a left-back, yeah. right-back. Yeah. So I think to segue into something else, obviously we read... Uh, well, I, I I read that obviously Rudiger was he had a heart to heart with Lampard, and Lampard's thinking about now. It seems like he's thinking about bringing him back into the side and him being maybe an important an important member of the squad for this season. Um, Timson, what's your thoughts on on Rudiger coming back into this squad, and do you think he still has anything to offer to to, to Chelsea at the at the back in terms of in the back line? Do you think he could be a regular? regular starter for Chelsea with Thiago Silva or do you think he's just going to be like a squad player uh, um, mm-hmm. like, along with the fringe players and that? 
personally. Um, I think Thiago Silva kind of makes Antonio Rudiger redundant from um, domineering centre-back that Lampard was after. Thiago Silva brings that and with the situational experience. Like you saw it when he had a go at um, Kurt Zuma when he blasted the ball into the stand. Um, he brings Thiago Silva brings that like that pedigree and Rudiger. Um, I just see him being more of a reliever in terms of what he's done doing now. So when we're managing um, basketball phrase load management in regards to Thiago Silva, um, mm. don't travel to Krasnodar, bring Rudiger in there. Yeah, no, I hear you because with you see with Rudiger. Obviously, I think you guys have realised this as well, but you see Rudiger a lot. He's shouting a lot on the pitch. Like, all the time he's shouting at these players, shouting at, you know, the left-back, the right-back, the keeper even. I've seen him have so many, like, kind of um, little arguments with Kepper on the pitch and stuff like that. Do you think that Thiago Silva, being the person that he is, obviously having the experience that he has, and like I said, he's won, you know, pretty much everything. Um, like, do you feel like that might humble Rudiger a bit? And maybe just kind of let him be the number two and let Thiago be like the leader in the back lines. And will that improve his performances, do you think? Yeah, I think like you can learn, do you know what I mean? From how I think there's frantic leadership or frantic thinking you're a leader and just shouting, 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 which actually does the complete opposite of what you're attempting to do. Instead of being, instead of trying to be the leader through the team, you're actually probably making the team more nervous. Because there's been a few times, I remember last season, a few times, as you said, he would shout when, and he would look round, and it was his mistake. But he's exactly. looking, and he's putting his hands up, blaming other people, yeah. instead exactly. of running back. Do you know what I mean? And he does that a lot. And I know he cares. He's, I will never doubt him for that. He's a, he's a very passionate footballer, and he, he cares for the club. But I do think that he felt he was the senior kind of CB yeah. of, 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 of the four, five, four that were there last season. So I think he took it kind of upon himself. Um, and I do think this would help him, what you're saying. It's an interesting point, actually. Now having Thiago here, he can maybe now concentrate specifically on his football and less on having to actually lead the team. But then going back to what you said, I also... I'm a bit confused in the handling of Lampard with Rudiger because... I think for us to be successful at the back, we need solid, we need our two C, we, we want to know who our two CBs are for the season. And you just want to know who your number, two, your one and your two are. And I thought this is guy's going to do classic Thiago and Zuma. I thought that's where we're leading. Now he's now adding this Rudiger to the mix now. Don't forget there's Christensen there. There's Tomori there. There's too many CBs in, in the club. I don't understand the handling. I don't think Lampard's handling it handling it of, of it as being as maybe smart as I'm seeing people talk because because there's there's going to be a mess but it'll be interesting to know what you guys think on that and having because now you're bringing Rudiger back now Rudiger has a good game now 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 what does that mean? that's what I'm that's this is what I'm saying so like for for me obviously I'm not a fan of Rudiger at all to be honest with you. He had the most chances so he was the most looked at apart from that he was rotating the other three wasn't he with Rudiger but yeah. every time Rudiger every time last season. Yeah. So, yeah. Shemi, are you having Rudiger back? Yeah, no, nah, I, I, I wasn't having him still because um, obviously towards the back of him last season, he was just dropping like terrible performances after terrible performances. Mm. And um, yeah, generally, I don't particularly rate him as a defender. Um, I would have preferred Tomori to be our third choice centre-back. 
Yeah. But it looks like Lampard is going towards this season. It seems like Lampard's going towards more experience. Like I don't know when Lampard came in, there was this um, optimis- optimism that he would, you know, be very much for young players and you know favor youth, which he did in the beginning. To be fair, obviously because we had the transfer and whatever. But it yeah. seems like nowadays. So for example, even like with Cho and you know with um, the likes of Tomori, he seems to favor the more experienced. Um, defender and the defender that's kind of played more a little bit so he'll favor Christensen or Rudiger as opposed to Tomori it doesn't seem like he really um, has as, as much faith in Tomori as we do but we all know Tomori's a brilliant defender and Tomori's been faultless whenever he's played so um, yeah it, it, I can't quite understand it I can't quite understand why Tomori doesn't get as much of a look in as um, Christensen and Rudiger but um, on the flip side as Dan was saying in the group chat um, I guess um, it's good to kind of keep everyone happy um, it's good to kind of give everyone a look in and you never know we might have a crisis where we need him yeah. and um, obviously we know that Thiago is going to be um, ma- managed very carefully in terms of his minutes because of um, his age and you know whatnot so maybe Lampard's looking at it in that sense but for me I, I, I would I'd prefer it to be tomorrow I trust Tomori way more. Surely surely it was obvious and was never even for the whole club and Tomori himself that was never good that Tomori was never going to be back up as soon as that loan deal was put to him and fell through on the last day. It was quite clear that he wasn't in the plans. Yeah. I, I do think that was a poor decision by tomorrow not taking that loan deal um, because I don't think we can be surprised that by now saying tomorrow he's going to be back up because it was quite clear he wasn't going to be back up when... Mm. I think it's That's a true. Poor true. It's you know what it was? I think it's because, sorry, Jay, quickly. I yeah, think it's because um, when Lampard was start, started him against uh, Tottenham and he came on against Liverpool, I think that's what gave me hope that Tomori would be the backup. Yeah. I was like you in the beginning. In the beginning, I thought, yeah, Tomori's he's dusted, basically. He's going to be fourth choice. But when um, he came on against Liverpool, started against Tottenham, I thought, okay, maybe Lampard's looking to um, make him to be that backup. But then now it seems like it's going to be really good now. So, yeah, it's a shame, really. Go on, Jay. Yeah, nah, just in terms of Tomori, I think. Something's happened in the background that nobody really knows about. And I think something's definitely happened. And the thing is, the reason why I think something's definitely happened is because you're talking about a centre-back that pretty much made Lampard's first season as manager. Tamori was like one of the best players in Derby in, in, in Derby's team, bro. Like, this is so mad. Like, the, the mm. Tamori situation is crazy. But for me, I think something's happened. And the reason why I agree with you, Anu, in terms of it being a poor decision not to go on loan is because if something has happened, then you should kind of know, like, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet here. It's not what I want, but I need to play. Do you see what I'm saying? So, That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Why wouldn't he... Yeah. I'm agreeing. Yeah, keep going. But, but, but we'll, see. we'll see how that pans out anyway. But m- moving on to, to, something I read on the, to something I read on the Chelsea app um, this week as well. Um, I read about Lampard and, and, and his style of playing and... and he was talking about how he, he wants the team now to, to be more in control of possession. I don't know if this was the same last season, but this season he's saying he wants his team to be more in possession of the ball. He wants us to keep possession for large periods of the game. For, for me, personally, I haven't seen, seen that in our play this season. I haven't seen it at all. I see a lot of like direct play, fast build-up. That's what I've seen in, 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 my, in, in my opinion. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about the style of play this season? Do you feel like it looks like he wants to keep the ball a lot or do you feel like it's a thing where you're still unsure about what Lampard's trying to do? I, I think Lampard's always been one to 
even if you just don't even look at this season, last season, and I'm pretty sure even for Derby as well, like he was always one, he always wants to try and play football. That's that's always been his narrative. He always, he always he wants to play from the back. He wants to, he, he, that is quite clear, that's how he wants to play. Me personally, I don't actually, like I'm quite weird, I don't give a shit about that. Like, I'm just mentally winner mentality. Like, the way Mourinho used to do it back in the day, get those ugly one nils, that was fine for me. I swear, like it didn't matter because I think Lampard's biggest mistakes that he always used to make, and I hopefully he stamped it out, but we'll see, is that we'll be winning the game. He struggled to close out game. He didn't know how to do it as a manager, I felt. Yeah. So because of this chat of still wanting to play football. Still wanting to play. So at what point do you have to sacrifice that to just get the win? Because at the end of the day, we were sacrificing so many, we were losing so many games at the end just because we were playing. Mm. So I think there has to be a balance. I personally think he's trying to play football. He's always trying to play football, but I think he learned some harsh lessons even this season and at definitely last season. And he has to learn just win ugly. I think you're not going to win a title without knowing how to win ugly. Um, I think I, personally, I wasn't surprised when he said that because um, from what I've seen this season, um, like yeah, like we're very content to keep the ball along the back four um, and not just kind of just play in front of the opposition, not necessarily um, penetrate them or hurt them with the possession, but we're quite content to like keep it safe and keep it moving across the back four type thing. Um, and um, kind of similar to Sari, I remember um, on the Sari's reign. Um, we, um, some of the families used to complain a lot yeah. that our, yeah. our football was just sideways and backwards sideways and um, I think last season I think in the league I, I'm pretty sure we were amongst maybe the top three or four teams in terms of average possession per game so um, I'm not, I wasn't surprised to hear that and I feel like he is trying to go that way in terms of keeping the ball and dominate possession and have monopoly of the ball um, however I don't think it's materialising as well as he would want it or as well as we want to see as fans because um, especially yesterday personally I felt like there were times where we were just so so lethargic in possession and so so slow um, yeah. yeah we might dominate the ball and have the majority of it but a lot of the time we're quite content to keep it in front of the opposition and we're not really trying to penetrate, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, in terms of um, how he's trying to play, I definitely think that is something he's trying to do, but it's just not planning out as well as um, we would like it to and probably not as well as he wants it to either. Fair enough. Yeah, Tim, when, Tim, yeah go on, Tim. Um, right now, all we know is that he wants to press, but I don't see any pressing triggers in terms of do we, uh, apart from when Mason Mount's on the pitch, Mason Mount kind of starts to press. I don't see any uh, any pressing traps. Of, we're not pressing when like a uh, certain weaker player is on the ball or a fullback, so they don't have um, the pitches narrowed. I'm not seeing those um, kind of pressing those those like more advanced level types of pressing tactics in Lampard's game. And as a result, like yeah, let's not let's not um, forget for seventy for. The whole first sec for the second half of yes of the of Kranz, what was the saying Kranz door Kranz door door sorry man the eighth in the Russian league by the way for the second <laughs> half of the first half of that game we got dominated we we, yeah. we actually got dominated from forty five minutes to seventy five minutes seventy minute we were getting dominated the eighth in the Premier the eighth in the Russian Premier League and that's this is a game where a team like Chelsea with the players he had on the pitch. You should be able to see the style we want to play. That should be a classic example of a game where you can practice and play through. 
you're losing the ball in the middle every time. Every time. I'm not just going to call that Kovacic, even though it might feel like it, but simple passing was not even breaking it through. And listen, just we, if we can't, I'm just I'm just a bit wide. If you can't do it against a team like that, you can't express your style. Your style does not show against a team like that. Then it's not too positive. I can't be too positive of how the season will go because then that's that's a, that's an adversary. I hundred percent agree with that. I feel like I feel like um, I feel like in terms of that the reason the control thing we we lacked a lot of control in that game yesterday. Um, and as we were speaking about, you know, the system changes, you know, when the system changed um, in the last 20, um, it looks a lot better. Um, in terms of your point, Timpson, on um, us, um, they're not being, the yeah. yeah, building from the back and they're not being angles and stuff like that. Again, I feel like that is kind of down to the system to an extent. But at the same time, I still feel like there are times where Rudiger and Zuma have space to kind of um, carry yeah. the ball into maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah to drive into you see um um Upper McConnell was doing it really good um yesterday against Man United to get the ball drive into a little bit of space and then that opens up for a defender for um a teammate to be free because obviously you're going to get pressed you get me so there are times where um the centre backs can be a little bit more brave on the ball and step out with it a little bit and they don't do it they just kind of choose the safe option to go backwards and go to the fullback in my opinion um and there are times even Havertz is guilty of it, guilty of it as well when he comes deep where he's able to kind of play that that risky ball that's a bit more forward, but he might, um, again, settle for the side ball towards Chilwell. I think the only player that really, really tries the risky pass is Ziyech. Ziyech will get the ball and he's going to fire it into that gap. Do you get me? Um, so, yeah, I, that's just from what I saw yesterday, in my opinion. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of the reason why we can't build from the back is to do with the Bravely. system and the formation, the 4 yeah. 3 one and that needs what, to be addressed. What I will say, just lastly on, on, on this whole style of play and what we've seen so far. What I will say before we move on is that um, I think he's got to get the combination of players right as well in terms of what, like, what he wants to do because he's got Aspilicueta on the right-hand side but distribution is poor. So at the end of the day, Aspilicueta's not comfortable when the ball comes to him. He doesn't know what his pass is going to be before it even gets to him. A player like Reese James probably knows those things and can deal with those things. He's got the strength, he's got the physique to deal with pressure to deal with like you know a player trying to outmuscle him on the ball, he's got a like passing ability where, you know, he, even if the basic pass isn't on, Reese James can dig something out in terms of maybe a clip ball over the top to Werner or a diag a diag ball. Like Reese James has got it all in terms of in terms of ability like that. So I feel like you want to you want to play good football, you definitely need to have your best players on the pitches, especially starting from the back. So that would be, you know, players like James, Thiago Silva. Obviously, Chilwell's shown that he's really good on the ball as well. So, um, yeah, it, it will be a thing where when we, when we have got our best team out on the pitch, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be a little bit more clear as to, as to what we're seeing. But um, moving on quickly, Roman's got his eye on, obviously, um, Nagelsmann, isn't it? He's, he's talking about how he how he likes Nagelsmann and how it might be a thing that he's coming to the Premiership at the end of this at the end of this season. What's you guys' thoughts on 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 Nagelsmann as a manager and would you have him at Chelsea if that ever became a, if that ever became a thing? Timson, you can um, see you shaking your head. <laughs> I would, yeah. I think he obviously knows Timo Werner, who's our main striker. To get the best out of him. A very, very, very smart manager. Um, 
and I think he, would be, he, he could devise a system to get the best out of the majority of the players that we have at his disposal. Um, I think he's a really good manager, but one thing I'd have to negotiate is, yeah, I don't like his dressing. I, I, I prefer Frank in that track. I prefer Frank in that track suit. Waistcoat. What does he wear? What is that waistcoat? Yeah, I don't like, know what that suit was that he was wearing, but it was shocking. <laughs> I think. I think what would be interesting about about that is obviously we've um, we've seen how you know how the players we've signed or Havertz, um, Chilwell, were and how they all spoke highly of Frank Lampard and how like oh they Frank Lampard was a big part in them coming to Chelsea. So it'd be interesting like if Frank was to kind of like not be the manager next season, how they feel about that sort of thing. Because obviously there were a big reason as to why they joined. That that would be interesting for me. But um, in terms of Nagelsmann, yeah, I like, I've watched quite a bit of Leipzig and I like the way they play. Um, I thought like they played some really good stuff. Um, I haven't, I'm not going to lie and say I've seen like them over a longer period of time, but I, what I want to know is how persistent he is with the three at the back. If he yeah. is a bit more flexible or if that is his go-to formation and that's the formation he plays every single game. Because I do feel like, um, as we've seen on the Conte, um, sometimes that formation can really come unstuck and there were times um, mainly in Conte's second season where a lot, of the, a lot of our defeats and a lot of the games where we struggled we were crying out for a change especially in that middle third because sometimes that two can really we saw it against Old Trafford, um, at Old Trafford actually when we played the 3-4-3 the three, four, three, four, three. sometimes how the midfield the midfield two can get, can get a run around a little bit so um, that, that would be interesting to see whether that's his go-to formation or whether he's a bit more flexible in that sense but apart from that I really like the way he plays and I've got time for him so if um if the season was to go was to be a disaster then I would look to him or like or Rogers. It's the reason why Newcastle spent that money on Joe got him a system that made the, that got the best out of him. Newcastle were like yeah looks good we'll take him and now obviously they don't know how to use him. So this man has an eye for talent and how to get the best out of it. And with the players that have players in there, a.k.a. a Cho, a.k.a. a Ruben Loftus-Cheek, um, potentially a Billy Gilmore, how to get how to get the best of his potential out to the surface and Ampadu, it would be very interesting to see. But at the same time, does that mean that's the end for the potential pipeline for the Cobham Academy? Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you 100%. I, I really like him, innit? I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like he's got a mad energetic style about his play. Like, his players just seem to, like, want to proper run themselves into the ground for niggas as well. Like, it's mad. Like, I think I saw them, was it against Tottenham? Where they were, like, last season? Or, or was it last season? And they were just moving, like, I thought they should yeah, have drug tests. A lot of them, bruv. Like, after the game, I was buzzing. I was like, what is going on? Players would not stop running. And I was just so impressed with the way they just literally worked. They worked Tottenham off the pitch. But they also played them off the pitch as well. Which was impressive for me. Like, I feel like, Nagelsmann could proper like have a massive, massive um, um, effect on the Premier League, I reckon. But my thing is, I always get nervous with young managers who yeah, are yeah. young <laughs> other leagues coming to the Prem, and because like it just I don't know why it comes keeps coming to my head. I don't want to even say it, but it's just most like an ABB, and do you know what I mean. Like does something well in the double league, young, but. When it comes here, it's just an, it's a completely different story, and then and then they they've never seen anything like it. Um, obviously, I'm like what you're doing at Leipzig is class, um, but listen, I still think Lampard he deserves the whole season. Um, 
no matter what, given the whole season. But there, there just has to be some form of results at the end of the season. Um, cool. Because it's, it's, it, it would be hard for us to be talking about, do you know what I mean? But no, 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 you, of course. No, no, no. But we just, we, you know, we just, you have to, you have to just... Yeah, you have to you have to just linger it there. Don't worry, don't worry, we're still Lampardy. Don't worry about it. We're still Lampardy, bro. Lampard's here to stay. Don't worry, he's my legend. But at the end of the day, I feel like comes with it. Things are things are going to come up a lot more um, in the next like few months. I think in terms of managers, in terms of um, players leaving and this and that. This is the season where Lampard's going to get the majority of his like tests in terms of from the media because. He spent mm. the money. Um, yeah. they're, they're looking at where he's going to finish. They're looking at how close he is to being a title-winning team. So I think these stories, we just need to be prepared for them, really. You're going to see it flying all over Twitter. You're going to see it probably flying in and about this pod as well. <laughs> other Chelsea pods are probably going to be talking about other managers. I think the main thing is, though, obviously, we do all want Lampard to do really well. But the, but the thing is, does he have, will he have the time to? Obviously, he's already had one season. Um, this season is a is a massive season in terms of progression. I wouldn't say it's a massive season in terms of silverware, but I think it's a massive season in terms of progression, like in terms of where we're going to be at come the end of this season. Are we going to be five, ten points off the title winners or are we going to be 20 points off the title winners? Do you see what I'm saying? And, and yeah. you know, really and truly, it's not going to be that much of a difference. Um, all right, so leading into the game on Wednesday evening, obviously we had um, Krasnodar... Um, away in Russia. Um, I want to get you guys' thoughts on, obviously, the lineup and um, some of the news that we heard before. Obviously, I know, I think most of us heard the news that, um, or someone leaked some news about Callum Hudson-Odoi potentially, potentially not starting. Um, when you heard that news, how did you feel about Hudson-Odoi possibly not starting in that game? And do you think it was a game that he had to start in terms of, like, you know, all the recent treatment he's had from, from Lampard and, um, you know, how he's been working hard to get into the team. Obviously, the whole thing with Mason Mount playing left wing a few times. Do you think it was, it was crucial that, that Hudson-Odoi started this game against Krasnodar? And um, we can start with... Go on, Andrew. We can start with you if you want to go. No, I was just going to say, I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't start. Like, I can't be surprised anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> you think he could have started? That was left wing. That was, like... In fact, I even thought that it could have happened. Maybe he was trying to do... Champions League uh, consistent his play. But no, I think it was imperative that he started Gibb because he obviously sees him. He, he doesn't see him as a starter, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so let's show, at least he was able to show what he could do. So I think it was imperative that Cho was able to start that game. Yeah. Tim, Tim, thoughts on, on Cho? Um, Cho starting and, you know, like how important was it, was it for him to start, start that game last night? For him, um, it's very, very important because the reports are saying, from what I'm reading, it's not even him so much that's talking, more so um, about him not playing as many games, it's more his camp. So it was really important that he started and just let his football do the talking. And I think he did that, but um, his performance as a whole, he, I can see why he doesn't start at the moment. It's one word to put it that just round up his aggression. No aggression in his dribbles like he used to pre-injury, and there's no aggression in his press. He just kind of seems like he's picking the box when he presses. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I hear you in terms of losing the talent. I feel like if 
like we can't be treating Cho like a proper side dish at the moment, man. That's what it feels like. It's just he's getting minutes here and there. When when Lampard feels like maybe it's a it's an opposition that we can we should probably beat quite easily, he's throwing Cho in there and letting him start the games. You see what I'm saying? And I think as a player, you're gonna recognize that. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna know, oh, I didn't travel to Old Trafford, but I'm good enough to go all the way to flipping Russia to play this team that I've only just heard about yesterday. You see what I'm saying? To so, get that confidence to do those aggressive dribbles, you have to play games. It's yeah. not just overnight. Yeah. You can't yeah. train competitive. You can't mentally train competitive football. Like you could do everything. He's probably doing training, but when mm. you're on the field, on the pitch, when the opposition wanna smash your legs, you mm-hmm. can't train that. And so putting him in one every four games or one every 10 minutes is not even helping him. It's probably sending him backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Even even though even though um your criticism, Timson, was was constructive and I hear it, um, I do feel like momentum in football is a big thing. So um when you're starting games, when you're playing regularly, when you're um, at the top of your game, those things will come, do you get me? But when you're in and out, you're playing one minute here, you're playing 10 minutes here, you're not playing the next game, then you're in all of a sudden from the start, it 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 breaks the momentum. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And it and it does have an effect on um it has an effect on how consistently you can do what you're good at. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So now that he's had, um, now that he's 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 played, what we played the best part of 70 minutes, got um, scored a nice goal, had a decent performance. I wouldn't say it was his best performance. Um, I, obviously, I put it in a group chat after the game. Um, Lampard, obviously, um, his comments about his wide players, so Cho and Ziyech, um, were really positive. And he said that Cho, obviously, he always has good things to say about Cho. So what I was, what I put in the group chat was that, yeah, like now that you've said that, now that you've let Cho play, you've let him score and he's now confident. Um, I think Lampard said, um, oh, I know what um, a Champions League goal can do for someone's confidence because I've been there in the past. So now that you've recognised that, you have to play him in the next game against Burnley because that's the only way, that's the only way, exactly, that's the only way Cho can start to progress because in order for him to progress, he needs to build up momentum and in order to build up momentum, you need a run of games. And once you get a run of games, that's when you can see him do what he's really good at and that's being aggressive, you know, um, and taking on players and and just being the, the, the star boy that we know he is. I think, I think as a player, sorry, Timson, um, I think as a player, when you have more highlights to look back at as well, like, say, for example, from the previous game that you've just played, that helps you going into the next game. So, for example, Cho, starting this season, Cho's had a few things to look at, even from the Brighton friendly. So he was the one that, you know, it was his run that kind of ended up with obviously an accidental header towards Werner, which Werner then goes on to score. Even though it was a friendly, it's still starting off positively. Do you see what I'm saying? So he's got that to look at. And then he comes in a West Brom game. He completely changes the game, scores as well. He's got that to look at. So in terms of confidence and looking back at your performances, for Cho this season so far, he should still have a lot of confidence in terms of confidence in himself to go into the, to the pitch and change the game and, 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 and be the player that we all know he can be because he's had moments, better moments than even our wingers this season. I don't think anybody's really had more highlight highlights than Cho in terms of on the wing. You see what I'm yeah, def- definitely. But um, at the same time, I feel like confidence and momentum are two different things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, you're 100% right in the fact that, yeah, he knows that this season, every time he's played, so West Brom, Crystal Palace, um, yeah, et cetera, he's, he's made an impact and he's done well. And he knows in the back of his head that, yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of staked my claim to an extent when I've played, but... That, that's all well and good, but when you don't have the momentum in terms of run of games, 
then it still will have an effect on how you perform, in my opinion. Because um, when you think about it, the best players that that perform week in, week out, they play every week. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's not a coincidence because they're able to continue that momentum. So the worst thing for Trey right now is for Lampard to bench him on Saturday and that momentum's gone. Do you understand? Because right now he's probably on a high... Um, you know what I'm trying to say? He got his Champions League goal, first ever Champions League goal. He's on a he's on a, he's on a high right now. So the worst thing for him right now would be to be benched, and then that momentum's gone. And then the next time he comes in, it's almost like starting from scratch again, type thing. But yeah, hundred percent, I agree with what you're saying in terms of just to clarify. Um, it wasn't even like a critique; it was just um, an observation that um, I because I love Chelsea. He's my favorite Chelsea player in the squad at the moment. Um, I would just say the difference between what I saw from Diak and what I saw from Pulisic, who were obviously currently classed as a strike, uh, as the starting wingers, um, it will take a Mason Mount. Um, was that was that aggression in the press? Um, because they they seem to like be on it and to press with purpose to try and force them to take. When Callum presses, it's kind of like, I don't really want to, but I'm just going to press because that's what the manager expects of me. And then with the dribbling, um, politics in particular, even when he didn't have, uh, looking at, at the game before Krasnodar, um, he didn't have he didn't have his best game um, on out somewhat out of position, but he he was still aggressive in the dribble, trying to make things happen regardless. And Chelsea doesn't have that at the moment. And I think um, I read a podcast elsewhere about um, like um, London former London cage boarders um, and not being and going to going to pro teams and teams teams not knowing how to get the best out of them. Um, so um, it might be a case. Because uh, looking at Charlie, it just reminds me of Adam Muller Lookman at Fulham, where it didn't work out at Everton because they didn't really know how to they didn't really know how to get his confidence up. They they wanted the flair, the dribbling, and um, the kind of the swagger on on the pitch, but they also wanted end product as well. And finding that balance is what um, teams which need um, to kind of feel like he's wanted um, and not just. Uh, like empty platitudes where Lampard rolls out every time, um, kind of like it's a presser. So yeah. it's hard finding that balance to give him exactly what he needs in terms of confidence and minutes. I can't see him starting the next game, especially since politics come on and grab the goal so quickly. And yeah. it, it, it and it wasn't like and it wasn't a fortunate goal either, like like Joe, like Joe did. This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit vspdirect.com today. That's vspdirect.com. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. I think I think Pulisic definitely does have the aggression in his dribbling. I feel like he might not have shown it yesterday. Um, like I said, yesterday wasn't his his best performance. I think a lot of the good things Cho did yesterday was off the ball. So his running off the ball was amazing, as Mies um, alluded to in the group chat. Um, on the ball wasn't as good as we've seen before. But I've seen enough of Cho. I think everyone's seen enough of Cho to know that 
um, that aggression I feel like is there because when he gets the ball, um, it's literally his first thought is forward. It's literally like carry the ball towards the defender, take him on type thing. Um, so I, I think I think the aggression is there. I think he's just as aggressive as Pulisic, in my opinion. Um, I don't feel like that's something he lacks. Um, but it's a, fair, it's, a, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair opinion. Um, and I feel like, personally, I feel like he, he has done enough to get into um, the starting eleven for Saturday because, like I said, his off-the-ball work was really good um, yesterday. Um, so he made a few, he made quite a few runs in behind, in which he wasn't found by um, the midfield and by other players. I think the only player that tried to find, I think it was Ziyech when he caught him offside. I can't remember who played the pass, but there was one um, instance where he was caught offside. But that was really, really good from Cho because um, that's something he's added to his game. Um, it's something that all the top wingers do. So like the likes of Sterling, Mane, Salah, etc. They all running behind. Um, and also he's tracking back as well. Yesterday, yesterday he tracked back a couple of times. Another thing that. Um, he's been um, that Lampard's very very keen on for his wingers vocal to do to track doing, back. Yeah. yeah, very vocal on him doing, and um, he's doing that really well. So um, I feel like he has done. it. I know Pulisic came on the squad, but I do feel like Cho did do enough to get into that um, starting eleven on Saturday, and I hope I hope he does. Let's talk about the starting eleven anyway that we had out against Krasnodar on on Wednesday night. What, what was you guys' first thought on on the lineup when you saw it? Um, what did you like about it? What did you dislike about it? Um, We'll, we'll start with you, Timson, again. What, what did you think about the, the starting 11 Wednesday night? Uh, overall, I was pleased. Um, there was uh, a strong side, but there was enough rotation to keep players. And um, what I didn't like about it was what a lot of people wanted to see, which was that Jorginho and Kovacic pivot, double pivot in the midfield. I mean, we saw that last season. For me, it's not a title-winning it's not a title winning double pivot um, and it doesn't bring too much creation in my opinion so um, I'm glad we've kind of wheeled out we've tried the experiment for everybody who's kind of forgotten that um, it didn't, what it did how it performed last season we now have that evidence Yeah, now I hear you um, Jorginho and Kovacic I'm a fan of Kovacic I can't lie to you I really like Kovacic I just think he's a I think he's a sick baller I do think he should like for the amount of technique he has, I do think it's weird that he can't, like, uh, it's weird that he's not a good shooter and that he's not a, probably a, a better passer than he should be. Or if not even so much a better passer, but like he doesn't attempt more passes. More, more <laughs> he, does passes he does passes that no one in the team can, can do that at times. You know, so, yeah, sometimes he does and he dribbles like nobody else can as well, like Kovacic. But the thing is, I just feel like in that midfield, I don't I don't see them try enough passes for the runners that we have. Even before Werner and, and before Werner and um what do you call it? And even like when, when Cho's not on the pitch or whatever, like before even last season, like Tammy made a lot of runs. Um like our wingers were making runs, but like we we hardly hit hit these passes that you used to see people like Sesk do. And I know Sesk is a different kettle of fish when it comes to passing, but I just feel like Jorginho, a lot of Jorginho's passes, yeah, <laughs> and Dad's gonna hate me for saying this because he loves Jorginho in it. But a lot, a lot of Jorginho's passes are like hit and hope passes, bro. They're like, they're so, they're most of them are floaters. Half of them just about reach the man. Like I always see something wrong with his pass, always, all the time. Like the only pass that everybody talks about is that pass that he hooks round. And if you think about it, that pass he's never ever looking. Where like he's not really looking at where the ball's going, he just knows 
the, the trail of thought is correct. Like the logic of it, like, oh, I'm going to spin it in behind the, the, the back line. But that's not, that's not like, um, it's not the kind of pass that you'd see like a Perlo or a Cesc do, like where it's literally perfect, you know, perfect weight of pass, perfect in terms of like, probably the guy that even have to break stride to finish. Like we don't have them, them kind of guys anymore. So in terms of in midfield, when you're looking for, for those kind of passes, we're just never, ever going to see them because Kovacic doesn't do it. He dribbles and that's how he beats, beats players majority of the time. He doesn't. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, what I was going to say is I think, I feel like um, it's fine because obviously every, every player has their strengths and um, Jorginho, obviously he's the passer and um, where Kovacic excels is dribbling. Um, so I feel like I feel like um, I feel like it's fine in that sense because we've got Havertz is a really good pass on the ball and obviously Jorginho is a really good pass on the ball so like obviously every player has their strengths and weaknesses and like like you said I rate Kovacic a lot I feel like because he's so because he so, excels at dribbling and ball carrying I feel like um, that kind of outweighs his passing if that makes sense like for me I can look past his deficiencies in passing and kind of be like okay cool like at least I can rely on Georgina to do that or, or Havertz to do that as we've seen because Havertz is a really good pass with the ball as well but I do I do hear what you're saying I feel like um in terms of progression from deep when he plays we do lack that that incisive ball and that's probably where Mount comes in because Mount can do that as we've seen 100. Mount is really good at breaking the lines with the short passes no 100 what, what did you guys think about having the two wingers on the pitch this time obviously Cho and, and Ziyech either yeah. side I was gonna that's what I was actually gonna say in response to your question and what did I like about the formation I like the fact that those two were the ringers, uh, like the fellow Mount wasn't there, and then Cho was coming in from his best position on the left hand side. We got to see Ziek from the start, um, and it was promising. It was promising. Um, I thought, I thought they 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 did what they were were asked to do in terms of attempts to do the aggressive dribbles. I don't think their success rate was that great. Um, Listen, at the end of the day, Cho got a goal, defected goal. But listen, if you don't pull the trigger, you ain't going to score. Uh, Zizek had a few chances when he did some stunning stuff, actually. A few crossovers, opened up and probably should have scored um, a few times. But then again, he, he got his goal as well. So that's all you can ask for. And I also think when you have those, when you have such creative wingers, in addition to a Werner up top, and if it is Tammy, Tammy up top, they are going to create the chances for you. And I think there should be less focus on those double pivot play players because ultimately the way I'm looking at it is that if you get those top three the ball, let those let the double pivot focus on just literally maintaining in front of the back four, distributing to them. When when you used to give hazard the ball on the wing, you just know something's going to be created or chance goal is going to happen. And those wings have to get the confidence to be able to, obviously you can't ball like Hazard, but to be able to try, put trust in them as a team. I don't yeah. think the trust should be on Jorginho whipping these balls in. I don't think that is where the focus has to come from. I think the focus has to come from these wingers. You have to back their ability and they have to go out there and show it personally. Um, but listen, in terms of what formations we like, but yeah. I've actually played Havertz in the three behind because I personally love the way he dribbles and flows with the ball. So he would be the one to bring the ball up and then that, that would obviously hopefully attract the back four, which would then be able to distribute the pass. But I think Havertz can play the pass. Yeah. I think he can play the pass in behind. I think he can bring the ball up. And I think that will, that answers your question in terms of 
strictly not just the top three being the only creative option aspect as well but yeah what we'll do is anyway that's a nice segue anyway because what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the game now anyway because uh, obviously um four nil win um it was four nil in it weren't five yeah now yeah, united was five in it them slags but um yeah 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 four four nil krasnodor um I feel like we didn't really start off that great. I, I think um, it was a bit worrying, probably, the first half in terms of if you look at the level of opposition and you look at our team and the team we put out. Obviously, Ziyech had his debut. So, um, yeah, I suppose we could touch on Ziyech's debut first. How did, you, how did you guys think his debut went in terms of his first start for the team? What do you think he looked like fitness-wise? Creativity, was it there? How did you guys feel? Yeah, I, I was impressed. I, I liked him a lot. Um, I feel like he was our most threatening attacker. If anything was going to happen, it was going to go through him. Um, I wasn't surprised that he scored. Um, and what I liked about him is that, like as I touched on in the earlier um, earlier in the podcast, is that he was he was looking to play those risky balls and looking yeah. to really penetrate the lines. So, um, for example, for the for the Cho goal. Um, he gets the ball and he fires the ball into Havertz, which literally is what this, that's what we know Mason Mount for doing in terms of getting the ball and firing it in, breaking two lines. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So yeah, he broke that line straight into Havertz, and everything with Ziyech is quick. Like if he's going to play a pass, the pass is going to be quick. He's going to do everything with with intention. He's going to do it fast. You know what I'm trying to say? That's what I really like about him. Um, he worked hard as well. Um, I think he won back possession seven times, which is pretty good considering that um, obviously we don't know how fit he is, etc. Because he's been injured and, and all that sort of stuff. So he looks pretty fit. Um, we know about we know about yeah. that. Yeah, so in it like with Ajax, bro. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. To be Ajax, fair, we do know that. League, you watched the Ajax yeah. Champions League run. They were doing. You know, what I was talking about what what I was impressed with with RB RB Leipzig last season. Ajax were doing that uh, like the season before in terms of they were running people off the park, bro. They weren't just balling. They were like literally running people off the park and ZH was a massive part of that like he was hustling players all day long with opposition on the ball so the winning that ball back seven times for me I already knew he was going to be like something along those lines in terms of proper hassling these players but but carry on carry on Jim. yeah yeah and um he just what I like he just looks different he's, he's a very unique baller in terms of how he plays um like I said everything with him is is intentional everything with him is just it's just different in terms of like um how he is in, in comparison to like Pulisic and, and Havertz. So he's going to come in, he's going to play that long, that long cross-field pass. I think he played one to Chilwell, which was, no, to Chilwell, which was really, really, a really, really good pass. Yeah. Um, there was one instance in the second half where he cut in and um, he crossed it. He was trying to pick out Werner with a really good cross as well. So he's always looking to kind of be intentional and just nothing with him is passive, if that makes sense. Everything with him is, okay, what next? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, but yeah, impressive performance. Um, I was really happy with him. He just uses quality and um, I'm, I'm quite excited. For him, Anu, what are you saying? Ziyech? Yeah, no, I think he's, he's going to slot in nicely. I think he's not, not going to have any issues at all. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think our team light work. Our, yeah, our team makes, yeah, our team makes it easy. Uh, makes it easy. I think he's got the creativity. He's got got the confidence. Got the swag. Um, just needs to just get games. I, I, I think that's it, man. Just yeah. needs to get games. He's got Werner. He's always going to be on the playing off the last man, spinning behind. So I, I think he's going to be fine. And I'm glad you mentioned Werner because obviously I think to begin with I think our first big moment in the game was obviously winning a penalty. Mm. Werner wins the penalty. The he's third good. penalty he's won for us by the way he's since being in this team. Um, Timson, should Werner be taking our penalties? I think so. I think so. I think well, he's got to be right. Hundred percent. He's got to be. 
it's the striker. He's more likely to be um, when Lampard gets the team that he wants. He's more likely to be on the pitch more than not even more likely. I can I can only see it being an absolute certainty. He'll be more likely. He'll be on the pitch more probably than Jorginho. So get him on the penalties now. And like these no frill that no frill finish. I absolutely loved it after Jorginho. Kind of, <laughs> Jorginho was kind of like he, he stepped in. He's like, yeah, you're going the wrong way. And he didn't. And he just like, yeah, I just need to put it either side. And he didn't put enough detail into the actual finish. So Werner just needs to be there blasting them penalties. Just blasting them penalties. Yeah. Just, just on Werner though, um, quickly. I feel like we're struggling to get him into games. I feel like. Um, I feel like it is partly down to the system and kind of how we're building, but I feel like often he's left isolated and kind of just marked out of games. And I feel like it's more on us. Like, I, I feel like we're not involving him enough. Mm-hmm. And it's because I, I don't feel like we're building quick enough. Um, and I don't feel like we're looking... Because I, I know he's making those off-the-ball movements. And, I'm not possible, sure, I, and I don't think we're trying to be progressive enough to kind of find him as... So, for example, Jorginho did it in, against Crystal Palace. Um, and Werner's someone that if he's not in the game, he's gonna he's gonna be busy and come in and, and, and come find the ball. And um, which personally, I don't want him coming to find the ball. I feel like we need to be more progressive, and we need to move the ball quicker, um, get it to the final third, and get him involved into the game because um, it took Werner like 15 minutes to have his first touch of the ball um, yesterday, and that was the penalty. And I, and it's becoming a recurring theme. So um, I know there's certain fans that have been wondering like. Certain rival fans that have been thinking that Werner's not really done much or whatever. Um, this is why I haven't been worried about him because I know it's I don't think it's him. I feel like it's us as a team. We're not involving him enough because whenever he is on the ball, he's showing quality. And whenever he he, has, he does get a chance, he's he's burying it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So um I'm not when when people ask if we were worried about him, I'm not worried about him at all. I feel like anytime he hasn't like shone in the game, it's because we haven't involved him enough. It's not like he's getting chances and he's missing them or he's looking bummy on the ball or whatever. I just feel like he's having limited touches and we need to kind of find a way to rectify that. My niggas my nose, you know. Niggas my nose hard, bro. Yeah, my, sorry, Jay. Um, I was just gonna say my fear about um the way we're utilizing Werner is our tendency to go long. When we can't find a way past um, the first and second initial lines, the attacking line, the opposition attacking line, and the field line, we just have a tendency to go by him being okay, we'll just ping it long. He's not, he's not a target man. He's not a target man. He should be running on not like expecting, trying to catch balls on his chest like he's your Tammy. That's one thing that concerns me. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think um, people have already talked about the fact that he's. Like he sometimes does struggle up top centrally, um, and which is why a lot of his game you'll see it, you know, happening on the left left side of the pitch. Um, again, it's something for Lampard to work out. At the end of the day, that's his job. Obviously, he's the one that's training with him. He's got he's the one that's putting the team together, and he needs to find a way to to you know he needs to maybe find a pattern of play or certain he needs to get certain players in the team that are gonna find Werner. If it is, maybe we're going to touch on it, but if it is changing the formation to a 4 3 3 where you've got two two players ahead of maybe the, the single minded defensive player in, in the anchor, you've got two players that are more attacking, attack minded, that are, are good with the ball in terms of you know passing ability, which probably Havertz and, and Mason Mount are. Do you know what I mean? Then maybe that, that results in maybe finding Werner a bit quicker, like Shemi's saying, and, and maybe like a bit more frequently. But um, I know that the, the pattern of that first half wasn't really pretty. 
we we struggled to kind of get anything going really. I know I was in and out of the game, so I didn't see all of it, but from what I did see, it just looked like a lot of the play was breaking down. It was very slow at the back going across, you know, from Aspie to, to Chilwell, that same pattern that we've seen before. Um, Kovacic and Georgi, I think Kovacic didn't really have a great game, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Like, I didn't really see anything that stood out for me for, for Kovacic in that game. Yeah. Especially yeah. in terms of what, in terms of the standards that he set, people will say it might be a bit harsh, but you, you set a standard now from last season in terms of how well you, you, you've played. You need to kind of maintain that standard if you're going to stay in this team, especially with all the signings coming in and talk of, you know, maybe another CDM coming, possibly coming in later on. So um, I don't think it's harsh. I think he has to maintain those standards if he's going to stay in the team because it was pretty much a game of two halves. Um, we'll, speak, we'll speak about the first goal in terms of a link-up again with, with, with Cho and Havertz. We've seen it once already versus West Brom. Um, what did you think of the goal? Obviously, the keeper could have done a bit better or much better, to be honest. He should have saved it. But um, what did you think about the move? Um, I mean, what are you saying? Cho's goal was good. He did what he's he did what he's asked to do. He did what he's he's he's, he's always been doing. Um, listen, the amount of goals that get deflected or that that goal he's missed will go through the legs as part of the game. Um, so very happy with that. Um, in, in terms of just very quickly putting it back in terms of because I didn't answer the Werner one. Um, I think Werner should um, be on the pens. Um, the confidence he took to just step it. I even feel I even felt the way he took that pen, yeah. That was just an anger of that he's not even taking pens. I felt like he took it to say like listen. Exactly. He took it to as I said, Jorginho picked out the net, son. Because literally it was a rocket. Bro, listen, I'm all about the hop, skip and jump, but but you have to score every time. You got he missed he missed two this season now the hops with the hop and yeah. hop and skip. Liverpool, Liverpool and, and, and Liverpool. how many games have we played? So and also, as Dan mentioned on the um, WhatsApp group as well, get your get your uh, strikers' confidence up. Get it up early. Listen, if we if, if he's competing for Golden Boot, it's even more motivation, even more um, inspiration. And let's be honest, the best strikers out there, most of them are going to be taking pens, uh, pens in the pen. So yeah, it's very important to get him on that. Sorry, but yeah, just run a bit off topic there. Um, oh, no, no, it's cool. Um, Shemi, what do we think about Havertz um, first half? Because there's been a lot of talk about Havertz, not just about last night, but in terms of, you know, just his general contribution in games and that, like, people are not sure if he's worth them. Like, well, I say people. Obviously, it's the usuals that are not sure about his 90 million price tag and is he worth it? Is he this, you know, generational talent that people are talking about? Um I, for one, didn't think that Havertz was going to be like Ziyech in a way where I felt like Ziyech was going to slot straight in and I, I, I didn't feel like it was going to take long for him at all. With Havertz, I'm almost certain that it's going to take him probably even six months to get anywhere close to what you've seen him do for Leverkusen and stuff like that. Just because he's that type of player, I think he's just going to take a little, little while longer than the others to get going and to, to be settled. But once he is settled, I think then you're going to see you know, probably the best of Havertz. But um, Shemi, what do you, what, what's your thoughts on, on Havertz in the first half yesterday? Um, first half, I thought he wasn't all that. I felt like um, he gave away a few passes and wasn't, generally wasn't affecting the play as, like, as well as I've seen him affect the play in previous games. But I felt second half, he was really, really good. Um, I felt like his ball carrying again was really good. 
um, a lot of he's shown uh, what I like about him is that he's 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 so comfortable receiving the ball under pressure. So I think there was about two instances where he received the ball, um, and there was a man coming to press behind him, and he just turned out of it with, with his first touch. And that's what I really like about him. He's he's, he's awareness of um, where defenders are in terms of pressing him when he's receiving the ball. That's how you know that you can tell he can play in between the lines. He's very comfortable playing under pressure. But yeah, I thought second half was very influential. Um, obviously. His ball carrying, I think, I think it was about two or three instances where he picked up the ball and drove, and that's what I really like about him so far. Um, his ability to drive, um, as we've seen with like Ruben when Ruben was at his best, you know, um, having he's got that athleticism, that pace and power to kind of just drive through the middle and then make a good decision. Um, yeah, second half was definitely more influential than the first, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But overall, I was happy with his performance. Um, I feel like he's going about his, his business qu- um, quietly because. Um, I thought I saw something. He's got he's contributed to seven goals in nine games, so it's a pretty good return. So yeah, overall, I was I was happy with his performance. Yeah, nah, fair enough. Um, generally, what do, what do we think about the first half? Though, is it a thing where this show brought to you by Quibbids? Looking for an incredible way to save big this holiday season on Apple AirPods, Samsung HD TVs, Keurig coffee makers, gift cards, and so much more? Then check out Quibids.com, a revolutionary online auction site where you can save up to 95% on your favorite smart devices, electronics, kitchen appliances, and more. So stop paying retail today. That's Q-U-I-B-I-D-S.com. Visit Quibids now. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Like what? What didn't we like about the first half? Was it was it a thing where it was just everything was too slow, or do you feel like just the formation wasn't wasn't helping us at all? Annie, you can you can start off with that. Sorry, did you say specifically second half? No, um, in terms of just the first half, quickly before. Oh, you, um, what was what was mainly wrong with the first half overall? Do you think it was more the formation and the double pivot, or do you think it was just we just started off slow, looked, looked maybe lethargic or whatever? Yeah, I think we just. I, honestly, in a weird way, I just felt like the concentration levels weren't um, all switched on. And honestly, like, as weird as this sounds, this could be down to the fans. It was the first game where we played in front of fans um, away. Um, yeah, felt like they had 11,000 there, innit? Yeah, like, it was the first time they haven't seen that all season. So it must be a bit weird for them, do you know what I mean? It probably didn't fit, probably was a bit... Um, Maybe the maybe the, the moment got a bit because it was just a bit clumsy. Like you haven't seen Kovacic that clumsy in a while. Yeah. Um, even little things of marking uh, when balls were getting in the box and they were, they'll they'll have defensively. We weren't actually that great defensively. Um, soaked up a lot of pressure. It, it it didn't feel like the game how it was predicted. Um, yeah. Should have the scoreline kind of flattered us. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. It's new. Don't forget, new players were in there. Cho was starting. He doesn't normally start. Um, yeah, just starting. Yeah, normally yeah. start. Um, Rudy just first game. So these players haven't. Rudy hasn't played all season. So these players are coming in. So yeah, I think that was it. I think mixing new players together slash trying to put Lampard style in. Players aren't 
too comfortable playing with each other yet. I think that's the that's only thing we're down to. Because man for man, you're better than every single one of their players. So it shouldn't have even been a, a thing. Go on, Jimmy. Per- personally, I was I was very frustrated in the first half um, just because we didn't impose our our game onto like onto um, Krasnodar. Um, us being the better team, as you mentioned, I feel like we could have done more to impose our game. I feel like everything was very slow, very like luster. Um, there was nothing. I, I, one thing that really frustrates me is when players are just, in terms of their passing, they're not. There's there's no um, intention. There's no intensity. Everything is kind of going through phases and just lackluster and slow. That's what I felt like the first half was in terms of us on the ball. Um, and again, as we as we've touched on this is the the the, the shape. So the four two three one. Um, doesn't help us in that sense because I feel like um, Jorginho, um, especially yesterday, which is weird, I feel like on the ball yesterday, um, he was worse than he was without the ball because so, without the ball, he picked up some really good defensive positions and made some good blocks, good interceptions and yeah, I was quite yeah. impressed. Yeah. He actually put a lot of work defensively but on the ball, surprisingly yesterday, it wasn't his, his greatest game. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't, I, I feel like he wasn't orchestrating um, the deeper role as he usually does as well as he usually does that could be part, um, partly down to the shape obviously him playing in the pivot um, but I just wanted him to kind of um, kind of dictate a little bit more than what he was both him and Kovacic um, and as we saw you know um, the last 20 minutes of that game for me was I would have preferred I would have preferred, preferred to tune in from the 70th minute onwards when we switched to the 4 3 3 because um, we were in so much more control um, and I feel like going forward, that is um, how we should set up because um, it allows us to build a little bit better. It allows um, our midfielders to pick up um, pockets. And um, when the when the deepest midfielder has the ball and attracts an opposition player, it frees up a spare man in midfield and then we can play from there. So, yeah, going forward, I would like to see that. But yes, um, the last 20 minutes for me was good. Everything before that was a bit a bit slow and needs uh, improvement. That's nice. That's, it's nice that you segued into that anyway. Because let's let's talk about this four three three now that everybody seems to be talking about now. I just I saw it everywhere on Twitter yesterday. Like I saw four three three, Kante CDM, Havertz and, and Mount. Everybody was shouting it. That's what they all want now. So it's like, um, obviously four three three for me has never been. It's not just now. It's happening as well. For even four three three last season was was our strongest midfield in terms of um, Jorginho, Kovacic and Kante. It doesn't have the greatest amount of creativity in that midfield, but it was a very solid midfield. And that midfield played very well against some very good sides in terms of Man City when we lost 2-1 at the Etihad. Um, they played very well. We were in, we, we controlled large parts of the game with, that, with those three in midfield. Um, Liverpool as well. So like 4-3-3 has been a formation that has been strong for us for a while. We just, for whatever reason, we're just not we're like. Obviously, Sari played it, but for whatever reason, Lampard just doesn't seem to to want to go to that to that formation, or he's waiting for one more player to be able to do it to do that. But right now, it seems like a lot of people want to see Kante as the CDM, as the holding midfielder, and then either side of him, Mount and Havertz. Um, we saw that yesterday. Like Shemi said, in the last 20 minutes, it was um, like everything just looked to flow a little bit better. We were getting the ball to players a little bit quicker. The movement in terms of between the midfielders and the, the wingers, Werner himself, like everything just looked much better than it did in the first half, basically. But my question is, do you think that that's the midfield that we should be going with for the majority of the season? Is that what you guys would be happy to 
to kind of see for the majority of the games this season? Or do you think it's just certain games where we can we can afford to play Kante as a CDM and then Havertz and Mount either side of him? I think, I think personally, I think we can afford to play it against quite a few teams in the league. So I say at, at least half the league, at least half the teams in the league. I think we can afford to be um, not play it against. So I would play it on Saturday against Burnley. So I play it against a lesser opposition um, yeah. and kind of because um, it allows us to impose ourselves on the game. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like really take control and just be the aggressor. In my opinion, I feel like when we come with the four-two with the double pivot, sometimes we um, sometimes we fall into the habit of not imposing ourselves and not trying to be the aggressor kind of trying to be a bit a bit more conservative a bit more passive you know what I'm trying to say whereas if you've got the two eights especially so um a player like Mason Mount who's very intentional in his passing and he's pressing a player of um Havertz's quality in terms of his on the ball um style then it really does allow the team to impose themselves onto the opposition and then when the team is able to as a collective impose themselves on the, on the opposition that's where the quality starts to shine through the individual players do you understand what I'm trying to say so yeah I I, I feel like um, we can we can afford to play that formation against quite quite a lot of teams in the league. Um, I would definitely um, say that you know against the bigger teams um, where maybe we might have to cover more ground or you know we might have to suffer a little bit without the ball. Uh, you know, big European games. Then yeah, hundred percent we can we can maybe drop um, Kovacic for sorry drop um, Mount for Kovacic and go a bit more um, conservative um, and maybe go with the midfield three that you spoke about, Jay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, there's there's room for flexibility there because people forget that Kovacic was playing in one of the eight positions last season. And he was our best player um, throughout the whole campaign. So he's able to play there. Jorginho was able to play as the deepest one. We've got we've got um, we've got options in that middle three. So I, I feel like I don't feel like we lose. I don't. I, I struggle to see what we lose by playing um, that that formation because also another thing um, is that Mount and Havertz are very hard working. So I can trust him to do the off the ball defensive work. I can trust him to press. I can and I can trust him to be quality in terms of going forward. So I struggle to see what we lose in, in playing in playing the formation and playing that personnel in particular. Anu, what, what do you what do you feel like? Do you, do you sorry? Do you feel like Kante playing in the anchor role? Do you think that hinders us, or do you think that's something that you'd want to see for the for the majority of the season? No, I think Kante. Um... I don't How think do you think he did as well? Sorry. How do you think he did as well um, coming on against Krasnodar as well? Did, did he was class. He was breaking up the play. He was stealing the ball of them. He was collecting. He does what Kante does best. Um, Kante is one of the best in the world at that uh, yeah. currently. Um, so I don't think it's a problem. And I don't think that 4-3-3 is that much of a problem. It's that aggressive. You say when you, if you were to tell, if you were literally to instruct Kante, you're just sitting. You're just sitting. He's, he's such a workhorse. Like, you know he's going to give any opposition trouble. Um, I like the idea of the 4-3-3. And I think it's a huge difference this season to last season because what you're doing, you're adding now to create two more attacking slash creative players in the three. So you're, you're removing the, the um, if, you, if it is Kovacic and the, Kovacic and the Georgina replaced with Havertz and Mount. It's so much more attacking. And I think, listen, I think this league's, this season's crazy anyway. I think all teams can get it. I don't think you should be going into games sitting well, back. Look, look, yeah, everyone yeah. can get it this season. If, if there's any chance for any team to get it, it's this season. So give it a go. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. So I, 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 I just, I, when you said Sebi, in terms of half the league, I didn't stick with. I didn't give. You could, I think you could drop it for the majority of the games. Um, yeah. The, the only reason why I said half is because I feel like yeah. this season in particular, the overall quality has really improved. So. Do you think it's improved so, or got yeah, worse? I think it's improved. I feel like everyone's taking, like the lesser point, the lesser teams are taking points off the top teams. Like everyone's dropping points. So I feel like the overall quality has improved. And um, I feel like you do have to pay respect to a lot more teams than you did last season or seasons before that. That's the only reason why I said half. Having said that, I'll be more than happy to see us, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, quickly moving on then, before we get onto the Burnley game, obviously Pulisic came on, scored a goal. I don't really want to touch, touch on the Pulisic too much because I feel like, He's just come back from injuries, a bit rusty. We know what he's about. We know he's going to work hard in terms of um, trying to get his place back. It's going to be an interesting battle between him and Cho this season in terms of for, for, for that left wing position. If Mount doesn't intervene again, by the way, but he shouldn't, he shouldn't, he shouldn't intervene again. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the last we've seen of Mount on the wing. Um, but yeah, Cho and Pudisic is obviously the battle for, for that left wing spot. Um, I think they'd have to be playing really, really bad for Lampard to then go again back to maybe Werner going back on the wing as well. Um, but I want to talk about Ziyech's goal. I know we've spoken about his debut and how good it was, but um, his his goal was quite impressive as well. Good feet in the box. What, 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 you guys, what did you guys think of his goal? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think yeah, uh, the ability of a luxury player is... Uh, Hustle and work rate of a Gary Neville player. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. So, um, quickly moving on to Burnley because um, obviously we'll, we'll 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 wrap up soon. Um, Burnley are a different kettle of fish, obviously, to Krasnodar in it. They've got two 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 guys up front by the name of Barnes and Woods, who we obviously know they're going to be a massive massive handful on the day. Um, Shemi's already said that he'd play 4-3-3 three, three. Um, how, do you, how do you think the game is going to go against Burnley on, on, on Saturday do you think it's going to be a game where we're going to have the majority of the possession and they're just going to try and try and sit, sit out for set pieces or do you think Burnley are going to try and play against that I think, I think we're going to have um, we're gonna, it's going to be one of those games where we have quite a lot of the ball and that's what I'm saying. It's on us to impose ourselves and really express ourselves and impose ourselves on the game, not be passive and really take take the game to the opposition. Um, I've got a sense of comfort. Um, I've watched, I've analysed us with crosses and set pieces this season and I've seen an improvement with Thiago and Zuma there. So, and obviously we've spoken about Ben Chilwell, how he's pretty good in the year as well. So I've got a sense of comfort on crosses because obviously Chris Wood and um, the other striker, they're, they're very... They're, they're, they're tall physical strikers and Burnley like to swing the ball in the box a lot. They like to do that. So um, having watched how we've defended set pieces this season, I've got a sense of comfort knowing that I feel like we can deal with that threat. Um, Thiago at Old Trafford, he, he I, I lost count of how many headers he won. Um, and we've seen Zuma's been imperious in the year this season so far. So um, yeah, hopefully we can deal with that threat. And as long as we deal with that threat and control the game from the very beginning, um, I think I think we should be fine, but yeah, I keep I keep going back to this because I feel like it's something that we keep we 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 keep um, lacking in terms of like from the beginning really like starting well and just taking the game to the opposition. I feel like we we tend to be quite passive and wait for 
wait for us to maybe fall or go behind or we kind of just wait a little bit until we wake up. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So this is the type of game where, yeah, like from the very beginning, take the game to the opposition and we should be fine. Yeah. No, I, f- I think... Um, Anu, I want to get your thoughts on this. In terms of the back line that we play against Burnley, who would your back line be? Yeah, I think it would be um, Rhys James... No, well, yeah, Reese Jane, Thiago, um, Zuma, and Chilwa. Um, and the reason, the reason why, just quickly before you go, the reason why I asked is because, is because obviously we've had, we had Thiago arrested, didn't we, for the for the game yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, quickly before you go on as to why you want that back line, do you, do you think it's wise that Lampard is is resting Thiago Silva because obviously we've spoken about how key he is to probably the clean sheets that we're getting at the moment. Along with, along with obviously Mendy, do you think this is going to be like a pattern that we see in terms of for Thiago Silva? In terms of like, there's going to be quite a few games that he misses out, maybe in Europe. If if we don't 100% need the win, or we feel like we can get the win without him, do you feel like Lampard is going to kind of do a John Terry 14-15 where he plays? He tries to play him for majority of the well, Terry played all of them, but um, you know he's going to try and get him to play maybe like say for example 30 of the games, 30 of the league games that we've got. Yes, definitely. I don't think he has a choice. I think it's kind of being forced upon him. I think Thiago's body can't do it. Um, and the way the season's set up in terms of the quick fire games back to back to kind of catch up, um, it's crazy for, for all. If, if you play in Europe and you play in the Premier League, it's mad. So I don't think Thiago can do it. And I think because he knows now how important he is to the team, I think he's going to keep him for the big games. And I think it makes total sense. Didn't we see him take pop painkillers before one game? Um, was it not two weeks ago? The, the, the guys, oh, well, it's, it's not it's no fault of his own. And then on top of that, he's coming into a more intense league on top on top of his age. So it's kind of, the script is kind of already written for him. I don't think even Lampard has a choice. The medical team must just be like, look, he can't do it. He can't do it. He can't travel. He can't play. He needs to rest. Um, and I don't mind it. I don't mind it. At the end of the day, we have 25 centre-backs anyway, don't we? So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we have 20. We have 20 it's not a problem. Yeah, not In terms of the attack, Shemi, um, you said that you think Cho has done enough to start against Burnley. So do you think... We'll go midfield and attack. So do you think the midfield could possibly be Kante, Mount, Havertz, and then Cho, Werner and, and Ziyech? Do you think it could be... It could be that on Saturday, or do you think Lampard's still going to go back to the double pivot? Um, I think I think there's a good chance we will see um, the three, the Mount, um, Havertz, and Kante, simply because Jorginho, Jorginho specifically has played a lot of football, um, so he might be looking at giving him a rest, and you know, obviously Champions League next week, so good chance for rotation. Um, Kovacic um, performance-wise hasn't been amazing, so I feel like it'd be pretty easy to drop him. Um, considering that Lampard loves Mason Mount and always wants to fit him in somewhere, someplace in the team. So this is where Lampard liking Mount benefits us because now that we want him to play in midfield, we can have confidence that he's going to play him. You know what I'm trying to say? So yeah, I think there's a good chance we could get that free. Um, uh, Mason hasn't played for the last two games, right? He hasn't started the last two games. So I'm assuming he's going to want Mason to play. Um, And I feel like this is a game for Mason to um, to play in midfield. Um, I think I think last season this is where last season we started playing Mason, Jorginho, and Kovacic. I think it was from the Burnley game onwards because where that's where we got our wingers fit and Pulisic started um, coming into form. And then that was the midfield that we started playing. So I feel like yeah, 
this is a good this is a game for Mason Mount um to play in midfield, um, play those quick passes, you know, press the opposition, be aggressive. Obviously, we know Havertz is gonna play. So I think there's a good chance we can see that midfield um and the front three is, um as well. Um the Cho and Pulisic thing is um yeah, it's 50-50 because uh, Pulisic came on and scored. Um, but I feel like um if Lampard has any common sense, um, or if he has any sort of, you know, um, care for Cho's progression, um, <laughs> he would allow Cho to continue his momentum from scoring a goal in midweek and allow him to, to yeah, just progress and build, and build on some build on his confidence. And I feel like I've got an inkling that he will play Cho and then play Pulisic in midweek. This is the benefit of having so many games that, you know, you can twist and turn. Because it generally wouldn't make any sense to take out Cho for Saturday, then bring him back in on Wednesday. That doesn't make any sense. Sometimes Lampard don't make sense. Bro. Sometimes Lampard don't make sense. We know so this, we'll, but, we'll just go, yeah. We'll just go from there, innit? Um, no, I'm trying to say, yeah. Before, before we wrap up, because I know it's been a long one, um, and I therefore appreciate it. Um, quickly, we're going to get uh, predictions for, for Saturday against Burnley. Uh, we'll start with you, Anu. What do you think the score will be on Saturday? Um, I think it'll be 2 1. 2 1, yeah, 2 1. 2 3. I think we all could see. I watched them again. I watched um, Burnley against um, Tottenham and they just they, well, chuck, they chuck the ball in the channels and um, Barnes and Wood they just work. And I think they might do us in, in one of them. Um, and also set pieces. We've been a lot better, but I think we will just slip up a one, but we'll score. Two, actually, let me say 3-1, actually, so I changed that 3-1. We'll score. We'll, we'll, let, wait, uh, Burnley on shocking form. Um, what, I don't think they've won a game this season. Uh, yeah, start, they haven't started great at all. Yes, um, so it should be a 3-1. I think 3-1 win. I hear you, man. I hear you. We should, it should be a Chelsea win. I'm, I'm pretty positive we'll, we'll get the win as well. Shemi, what do you think the score's going to be? Yeah, I'm going 3-0. Um, quite confident for a clean sheet. You lot are, what, you lot I feel like, I feel like I, um, Timpson reminded me of Mendy. I feel like, because Mendy's quite <laughs> yeah, commanding. Yeah, Mendy's quite commanding in his box. So I feel like Mendy will um, try, will, will attempt to claim a lot of those crosses that um, our yeah, no. centre-backs can't head. So yeah. that's giving me even more assurance that we can deal with their main threat. So yeah, and I feel like there's there's more there's general confidence um using around the back four um game by game as we've seen this week in my opinion. So yeah. I think yeah, I'm I'm going for a three 0 win. Yeah. In fact, I didn't realize how short Kepa was until I saw Mendy and go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different thing. We had we had Courtois. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you didn't you didn't notice. Courtois used to fill that goal, and then we had and then you know what? Because you kept was in there for so long, it, that was the norm again. You know, you forget about I don't know, I forgot about the past. And Mendy comes in, I'm like, what is that? The goal looking small. We've got mm. a keeper, bro. Units. We've got a keeper. We've got someone in between the yeah. sticks again. Um, boys, it's been a pleasure, man. I've loved talking about Chelsea as usual, um, especially with you guys. Um, listeners, obviously, make sure you share the pod. Tell all your Chelsea friends as well. Um, for those who are Patreon members as well, obviously there's going to be much more content coming out for you guys. For those who aren't Patreon members, make sure you sign up ASAP. Definitely got a lot of content, a lot more content. Um, Emily Timson, Jenny, Hard. Oh, that is magnificent!
just brilliant up by Emma. Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Bowling Branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year, and you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to bolinbranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's b o l l and branch.com today. See site for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.